Hey everybody! Hi there, welcome back to Planet and God. We are doing our Gospel Reading Challenge. Uh, we are in the book of Matthew. We are on day... 8, so chapter 8. And so this is going to be our last day. And then we're going to take a weekend break and then we'll uh, come back Monday. Yes, we'll come back Monday with chapter 9. This was our longest stretch of reading. Then we get a break, so catch up or whatever. And then we go back into the week. We thought yep. that might be easier this year. Exactly. <laughs> and which is why we're stretching it out from the end of Thanksgiving yep. <laughs> until the new year. <laughs> yep. So. Cool. All right. Ready? I'm ready. Let's get into chapter eight. So I don't know about you, but I wanted to start off chapter eight with a little bit of introductory material. Okay. Um, because it's very key to helping un us understand chapter eight and what's going to happen, especially as we get in up to chapter 12. Very important to know by the time we get up to 12. So at some point in history, the Jews had separated, or the rabbis had separated uh, miracles into two categories. You had category, category A, which was uh, miracles that anyone would be able to perform through the power of God, spirit and power of God, and messianic miracles, category B, which are Messiah, miracles that only Messiah would be able to do. And we see as we go through, especially in chapter 8, Jesus Christ does both of them, the general miracles and the messianic miracles. The rabbis also taught that there were three specific miracles that were messianic in nature. Um, do you remember what they are? We talked about them before. Um, the messianic miracles? Yeah. Uh, I think one is mute. Oh. Yep. Casting out of a mute demon. Um, the other one was... I thought blind. Yep. Healing a man that was born blind. Um, I can't remember the third, though. The third was healing of a Jewish leper. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and so these were what they they had had said. We In chapter 8, we see the first one, the healing of... Not the, well, you did them in reverse order than what I had them. Oh, sorry. But, <laughs> um, the healing That's of... That's just how my brain remembers it. <laughs> The healing of a Jewish leper. This is the first messianic miracle that Jesus performs. So what makes this a messianic miracle? Do you remember? Uh, no, but I mean, lepers, if you think about it, they can't be around other people. Right. And I, I think, too, uh, in the Old Testament, there's only the one guy that was healed. There's two. Where he had to go dip in yep. the Jordan River. Yep. I can't remember his name right now. There's two examples of of leprosy being healed as a miracle. You have Miriam, and oh yes, and now that I was Miriam now too. Yes, but that was done before the law, which is why this becomes messianic. The second one was Naaman. Yeah, Naaman. Naaman that's who I would right. remember. And Naaman was a Syrian Gentile. So you have no Jew after the law was healed. Of leprosy so that's what makes this one a messianic miracle a leprosy was a disease that there was no cure for and if you look back to Leviticus chapters 13 and 14 it gives you detailed instructions for how to receive someone that has been healed from leprosy how to cleanse them and bring them back into the fold so why would Leviticus include two chapters about a healing of leprosy if it's never been done. And yeah, it hasn't. That's super interesting. Right. That's why it becomes a messianic mm -hmm. miracle. The process 
of it is detailed in Leviticus 13 and 14. We're not going to go through the entire thing because it's huge, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And one thing that's really interesting is that because there's so much work, the Jews, the Pharisees, would instantly, if someone came into the temple claiming that they were healed of leprosy, it would instantly spark an investigation into the healer as a possible messianic claim. It's interesting. It is very interesting. So what happens as the result of this, Jesus becomes officially investigated by the Jews as Which a possible Which he was Messiah. already anyway. Like right. they were already They were already him watching and... him, but this is like the springboard into it. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, so that's what we see in verses 1 through 4. So getting into chapter 8, now that we got the introductory material out of the way. Um, verses 1 through 4, we have the Jewish leper that comes to Jesus asking to be healed. Yeah, I really liked that very beginning part where the leper came and worshipped him. Yep. So, you know, yes, he was coming to ask him to be healed, but there is this, there's this act of worship beforehand, yep. and I really... I love that. Yeah. So, um, and then I, it does make me think like, well, how often do I come to the Lord and worship when I'm going to ask him something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, worship first, ask second. Right. Like, you know, I mean, he's yeah. deserving of the worship anyway, but it also shifts your focus to yeah. like, I'm focused on the Lord and not necessarily myself or my circumstance. Right. Um, and so then when I do come to ask the Lord about my circumstance or myself, it doesn't always feel as bad, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, right. oh, maybe I'm putting too much weight in this circumstance or whatever. But Right. Um, the key to the healing here is the end of verse 4. You have Jesus telling the man, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift of that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Um, the gift that Moses commanded, referring back to Leviticus 13 and 14, and then as a proof to them, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the scribes. Proof that the Messiah is here. Yeah. Also loved to, it was that simple act of touching him that healed him. Yeah. Where, you know, as a leper, had he had to have been not touched or been around at all. Yeah. You know, nobody wanted to see him or, you know. Be near him. Right. So it's it's a loving, compassionate act that Jesus. Uh, what else? What else we got? Um, so that brings us. I broke it down next, verses five through seventeen. Um, in this section, you have Jesus doing what would be considered normal miracles. He's doing different things, like he's healing the centurion's servant, Peter's mother-in-law, and many who are oppressed by demons or who were struck with sickness. So you have the messianic miracle and then a whole host of regular miracles that he's what, performing. What I love about the centurion is that, um, you know, he's like, I, he basically just believed, you yeah. know, and he's like, he was going to come and heal him. And he was like, no, no. All right. Just say the word. Right. And it'll be done. There's which is, such is good. Like, lots uh, of like, um, so much faith within that, just those words, you know? Yes. I think what's really important to see here, verse 11, um, really shows that the Gentiles will be part of the millennial kingdom, right? So that Jesus, yes, he is a Jew. Yes, salvation is to the Jew first, but it's also to the Gentile. 
Yeah. Like Jesus came to save the world, not just. Yeah, the I Jews. mean, it says uh, what eleven you said, and I say yeah. to you that many will come from east and west right. and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Yep. It's comforting to know too. Right. <laughs> that we'll all be there. Yeah. Um, and then it's it's interesting to note how Jesus casts out demons. Uh, we see this verse sixteen. He cast out the spirits with a word. Right. Jesus just uses a word and they're gone, like instantly. Uh, the reason that this is so starking and surprising is that there's the Pharisaic way of casting out demons in Jesus's way. The Pharisees, uh, the way that they would cast them out, is very much like. Um, the horror movie versions, right? Where someone's flailing around, screaming and wailing, and you've got the priest in the corner that's, you know, praying and trying to get the demon out. Jesus, it's, no, go. We don't know what the word is, but he just uses a word. Well, again, going back to the authority of Jesus, right? right? He has yep. the authority over everything. Yep. And that includes demons. So. Exactly. And then uh, we get into verses 18 through 22. Yeah? 18 through 22. Okay, the point of that section is just that there is a sacrifice of comfort to following Jesus. One needs to be ready for such sacrifice is what, what I really got out of that section there. And then 23 through 27, you have Jesus calming the storm. Uh, that uh, therein Jesus just showing his power over nature. Yeah, I really thought it was interesting that his disciples um, marveled at who Jesus was in that yeah. moment. You know, I mean, they had been following him and doing all these things, and in that moment, they marveled, like, oh, you know. I think it just goes to show you that like, when you're with, like, even in my life, Jesus or God will do something, right. and not all the time I don't marvel, but sometimes there's these moments where I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of how it was. They were like, whoa. This <laughs> like, is whoa. pretty cool. Whoa. <laughs> really. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, we can press on. I yep. Just... And then uh, wrapping the section up 28 through 34, uh, Jesus is now in Gentile lands. That's confirmed by the herd of pigs, right? They wouldn't have a herd of pigs in the Jewish lands. And then he's casting out um, the demons from a possessed man among the tombs. The demons here, they recognize the messianic sonship of Jesus. They recognize who he is. And then Jesus casts them out. Yeah, I think also uh, they also know that they have a certain time. Yep. And they're allotted that certain time. Yep. So um, they're aware. I mean, they even said, are you, you know to torment us before our time. So, like, they're aware... Right, that, that they, they have a time. Mm-hmm. That's running up. I thought this was interesting. I want to quote this from the Faith Life Study Bible that I have. It's speaking of, of these, this section here. It says, After displaying his authority over sickness and disease, Jesus now shows his power over nature, evil spirit, powers, and sin. These acts confirm... The demon's confession in 829 that Jesus is the Son of God. So Jesus actually doing the work, confirming their claims, even though the claims of a demonic was not admissible in court, if you will, from a legal perspective, um, Jesus' actual actions confirm what they are saying. 
Yeah. Awesome sauce. Anything else? Nope, I think that's it. Cool. Well, that's chapter eight. Um, we will catch you tomorrow. Nope, in a weekend. In the weekend, <laughs> we will catch you on Monday. Monday, right. <laughs> All right, so, so we will catch two you Two days on... to catch up, and then Monday will be chapter nine. Two days to catch up, Monday, chapter nine. All right, bye. All right, see you then.